Go, go, brother, go. What time is it, go? Who are you making fun of right go. now? Go. What time is it, go? It's 5.23. It's PTD Radio, baby, and we coming at you. I got an email. It was from um, a local priest. Um... There is apparently a group of local mothers that have started a coalition to shut down PTD radio. Let me tell you something about it, baby, okay? I I do my thing here for about two to three minutes, and then you come in. This is PTD radio, baby. So let me tell you about my day and my life. I uh, I braved the endeavors of tonsillitis this week. Uh... I barely made it out of there alive. I realize that I am very wide and not in a good way, baby. It's uh, Mack truck time coming through. You know what I'm talking about, baby. Pat looks from head to toe exactly like Butterbean. So here's what y'all got to know, baby. PTD radio ain't quitting. It ain't shitting. It ain't stepping on your kitten. We just getting smitten over here, baby. Here we go. So, Cole's been begging me since this is my show and I am the star of this show. Cole has been begging me, Pat, let me, you know, let me run through one of these episodes instead of you so masterfully orchestrating this beautiful, beautiful masterpiece we call the MMA Scope. Uh... Hi everybody, I'm Patrick Shaheen. And I'm uh, I'm Cole Henry. And this is the MMA Scope. Well, I'd ask you how you're doing, but I think that that little intro gave us all the insight into you uh, that we needed. I'm miserable. Why is that, bud? Just life in general. I had tonsillitis. That wasn't fun. Uh, Pat, uh, I'll, I'll tell the story. So that you don't have to tell it again. The other reason that Pat's upset, he was at the mall the other day. And a child had been kidnapped and there was an all call for a... They, the, 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 the call just said, we're looking for anybody that looks like a kidnapper of children. Is what the all call was. And uh, nearly instantly, Patrick was dragged to the ground by a flock of, by a flock of mothers. A coalition of mothers. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what's, what's, what's wrong, Pat? Why, uh, uh, let's hear it. Tonsillitis, I'm fat. I'm actively trying not to be fat. In all fairness, I didn't weigh myself when I started my quote-unquote weight loss journey. That's some horse shit. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what we're looking like, but I, I'm, I got stepped on a scale and I just feel fat. And it's not a good feeling, so hey, you know, just gotta quit being a fat piece of shit sometimes and... Well, you now have at least me plus the three listeners that are yeah, going to be holding you I accountable. I appreciate you guys. Uh, so you'll have to give us an update on each episode going forward. Look, I'm going to go on a bender here oh, in about no. six days. What type of bender? I'm probably going to drive out to Houston go out to the Golden Corral. Oh, no. And uh, You know we're getting a Golden Corral. It's gonna be trash. Let's be. It'll be good for like a year. It'll be good for a a no no big market big time balling. Golden Corrals are always good. They're always on point. 
The first time I ever went to a Golden Corral was that time that we just got absolutely stoned out of our minds back when we were young and stupid and dabbled. Very family-friendly men. Yeah. Now we found God. Yeah, this was a long time ago. Uh, we we got stoned off of the hippie lettuce. And we went down to the uh, Golden Corral. That was with your younger brother Clay. Wow, we did some damage. Oh my! I God. think I don't really remember. I don't remember anything. Anyway, uh, you want to talk about some MMA, or you want to keep? talking I have about no clue around? what you want to talk about. I mean, um, like I I just show up. I perform for these great people. And that's why I'm gonna ride your actual talented coattail. I'm just like kind of like like the the clapping monkey on your shoulder. I guess hey, get me on TV, baby. Let's ride. I think you'd be surprised how many people listen to this podcast just to hear your dribble. I think you'd be. Surprised. We got emails about it. Uh, we got one email about it. Uh, from a coalition of mothers who are. <laughs> Very upset. Uh, anyway, Very upset. first thing we're, we're talking a little bit about Bellator 222. It's tonight, so most of the people that listen to this podcast uh, probably won't want to hear too much about us talking about a car that we've already passed. Mostly, you know, plus we, we, we broke this down on uh, the number one bullshitters podcast, which is uh, available on Rockfin. Uh, now, wait, in all fairness, this might be a great idea. We make the picks. We're dead. I'm dead wrong. And then they hear it the next day, and they're like, "Wow, oh. these are the worst takes anybody could have ever had." Okay. I'll specifically. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, okay. We'll see how this goes. Uh, for the preliminary card, um, we're gonna talk about two fights specifically on here, but I do want to point out that we've got uh, Hain Gozali, 46 years old, uh, Pride of Israel. Coming over to New York City to fight Gustavo Warlitzer in a one eighty pound a one hundred eighty pound catchweight fight. Um, we've also got Heather Hardy against Taylor Turner. We've got Mike Kimball on this card. Um, Phil Doss, Hobson Gracie, Rena Kubota uh, coming over from Ryzen. But uh, the two most interesting fights on the undercard, uh, in, in my opinion, are um, Aaron Pico against Adam Borix and Valerie Lareda against Larkin Dash. Um, First one we're going to talk about, Aaron Pico and Adam Borks. What do you think about this matchup? Aaron Pico is supposed to be a superstar uh, off to a 4-2 and two start in his career, and that happened to have been his Bellator career as well. As many people know, he lost his very first fight, correct? Yeah, it was at lightweight to Zach Freeman. Since, when has, since then, has gone on to be 4-1 in Bellator competition. And that's at featherweight, yeah. Not, not huge name people here, but it shouldn't be that way. He is fighting a young man who's 11-0. So you got four and two going against eleven and zero. I, I think Pico will win. I think Pico's been the better fighter in every fight he's had. He just hasn't put it. He has multiple tools that are better than his opponent. He just he's got to figure out how to put it together better. Yeah. Because it's not coming out fluent. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think yeah. To touch on what you were saying, I definitely think he's got. More talent, you know, he's capable of, of, of more than anybody that he's fought. But uh, I think, you know, a lot of it, it just seems like it's experience. And if he wasn't fighting guys that were so much more experienced than him, maybe they wouldn't capitalize on the mistakes that he makes, you know, when he overextends on a, on a hook or something. But um, Adam Borks is 11-0, uh, I think, is what we decided. Yes. But he, uh, he hasn't had a, a ton of huge name fights, but he, he's still... Got a lot more experience than Aaron Pico. I just, I really don't quite understand what they're doing here. You know, I've read in the past that 
it's hard for them to get matchups for Pico, but I just it seems like they could could let him fight some uh, guys with similar experience, but I don't know. Um, then uh, the people's main event of this card, I think, is, uh, is Valerie Lareda and Larkin Dash. Your thoughts? Valerie Lareda made the cover picture for an article uh, about this card. Uh, this card is one of the deepest in Bellator history. It's in Madison Square Garden, and that young lady at 1-0 and oh, mm-hmm. it will be, you know, a face of... Uh, and this is solely because she's attractive. Now, she's a Look, she's a good martial artist, okay? I agree with you. Good martial artist. She's a good martial artist. A good martial artist doesn't make a great fighter. Exactly. Uh, So she can be. She has skill. But uh, for Bellator to put a lot of eggs in that basket would not be a good idea. You kind of saw it with like an MVP. You know, he was an entertaining, super entertaining British guy and like... Yeah, when he goes up against, you know, some tough competition, he ekes out a close win and then gets knocked out. So, and Bellator is not that deep in terms of their female roster. So, yeah. you know, who knows where this shit goes. And I, I'm a fan of Valerie Leda. The other girl uh, is the Hooters girl. Uh, what's her name again? Larkin Dash. That sounds... I mean, that sounds... Like a Hooters girl? Yeah, so, like, Larkin. Like, imagine, like, you're you're talking to this chick, and then, like, yeah, what's your name? And she says Larkin. I'm walking away. I don't care. Like, she's an attractive young lady. I'm still walking away. Like, that's a that's a kid who gets bullied today. Usually a really skinny kid. Maybe that's why she works at Hooters. Are you thinking specifically of the Larkin that we went to high school yes. with? Huh. That's fair. Um, I think that that's a, I think that's a thing though. Like if you knew somebody when you were a kid that was an asshole that had a certain name, I feel like Larkin bro, wasn't an no, asshole. No, I'm not saying. I'm just saying the hypothetical. Like for, for for an example, if you knew a guy named Rex that was just a dick, I feel like for the rest of your life, every time you meet somebody named Rex, you're just gonna assume they're a dick, and then you you might realize if, that they're if not. someone's name's Rex, I'm gonna assume that they're a very unintelligent piece of shit human being. Wow. A total uh, piece of shit if, human being. If your name is Rex, Patrick's address is... Okay. Um, anyway... Uh, I just think they... It's weird how Bellator will do this with a fighter. You know, she's 1-0. They put so much pressure on them to uh, perform. Not just in the cage, but out of it. She seems to be flourishing, for what it's worth. But uh, That girl's making money already. That girl's got modeling opportunities. That's girl, I mean, like she's got a career ahead of her. Yeah. And she's attacking it. I, I I admire what she's doing. She's taking advantage of the situation fully, and good for her. That's how you get ahead in this world. You use the gifts you're given by the good Lord God, my God, and uh, you uh, you use them to the best of your ability. And she seems to be doing that so far. To it's all for nothing. Maybe not. I mean, if she fails at MMA and then goes on to be a supermodel, supermodel, she's hot. She is. And she's already somewhat famous. Yeah, so. I, uh, it, it's why I saw she made a comment where she said uh, she admired Larkin Dash for signing the contract at Hooters, and that until just six months before she had to work a part time job also. And what's wild is that you know it sounds like that's like somebody with fifteen fights talking about somebody with, but they've actually had the exact same amount of pro fights. It's just they've had such a t- totally different career paths. But uh, if Larkin Dash can win here, you know I don't know that she'll. It's hard to say, you know. 
it's hard to say. With somebody like Valerie Lareda, it's not like she's a superstar because of her talent. Right. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Best She'll under- get another fight. She gets another fight either way. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Good for uh, her. Best undercard Bellator's ever put on as far as I can remember. Um, that that fight in particular is uh, standing out as elite. Yeah, I like that one. Pico and Borgs is a good one. There, there's a, a lot of good fighters on the undercard, just not... Uh, Necessarily the matchups, but anyway. If you uh, if you can hear our good friend Atlas, uh, you know, in the background, blame at Andrew Alamon on Twitter, and I believe it's A Alamon uh, on Twitter. He's in Italy, Italy Sweden right now. I'm pretty sure it's, he went to Sweden for like a little bit. He's doing hard time, international drugs. Yes. Yeah, so shout out to Andrew. Uh, your dog's kind of. Fucking up our podcast. Okay, that's all I got on that. Bellator main card. Um, this card is bookended with two of the better fights you'll see this year, uh, especially from Bellator. Someone's knocking. Um, it's. She'll have to open the door. Um, the first fight on the undercard: uh, Darren Caldwell and Kyoji Horiguchi for the Bellator Bantamweight Championship. What do you think about it? Uh. Apparently, everyone on the uh, number one bullshitters podcast picked Darian Caldwell to win this fight, except me. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kyoji Horiguchi, so for that reason, I'm going to pick him and stay with my pick from last night, even though it's probably not going to happen. But I'll yeah, I, uh, I like uh, I like this fight a lot. One second. It's a madhouse around here. The studio popping. We got hood rats coming in and out. Anyway, uh, I like this fight a lot. It's a rematch from a fight that took place in Ryzen. Um, you know, if you watch that fight, Caldwell controlled the fight well. Um, and eventually it was just caught by a guillotine by Kyojo Horiguchi. And you could potentially chalk part of that up to the fact that it took part in the ring, which... Caldwell wasn't familiar with, whereas in this fight, Horiguchi will have to be dealing with a cage, which he's fought in before, but it has been a little while. Um, I like this fight a lot. If Horiguchi can win, it firmly plants him. He'll be in a real interesting place if he wins this fight, but uh, I'm actually leaning towards Caldwell to uh, avenge his loss. Where does that plant Caldwell? With a win, it's tough to say. He's in such a weak division in Bellator. This will be the biggest win of his career by far. But if he ever really wants to get um, to the upper echelon of the bantamweight rankings, he's going to have to move over to the UFC, I think. Um, okay. Featherweight fight on up the card. Eduardo Dante, Swan Archuleta. Um, any thoughts on that one? Archuleta is a prospect. Uh, he's looked good so far. This is uh, his toughest opponent to date. Uh, Dantes is a former champion in Bellator. Multiple, multiple champion in Bellator. Uh, I, I like what Archuleta's been doing, and I think he'll win. I think he's younger, hungrier, and Dantes hasn't been that Dantes for a few years. Yeah, uh, you gotta really go back to the last time he had a, a really good performance, and I don't, you know. You're hoeing him. He so picked don't, up wins don't. over Leandro Higo and, and Joe Warren, but both of those guys are, you know, Higo's not necessarily a top level competitor, and Joe Warren's just at the end of his career, you know, but if you go back to, especially, you know, I guess 2013 and 14, the Galveo wins, the Anthony Leone wins, uh, you know, around in there, he, he was a good bantamweight, but it always has been against, uh, 
slightly lower level competition, and I think that the um, Bellator featherweight division is better than ever. So I think that Archuleta will get a win here, but uh, we'll see. Uh, next one, Ricky Van Deos and Patrick Mix. Good fight between two prospects. Um, you have to pick for that one. I'm not picking against Patrick. Yeah, you always take the Patricks, I guess. Uh, next fight, final three, I guess, the selling point for some people, uh, especially you, Dylan Dennis and Max Humphrey. Obviously. Um, I guess, what do you, do, in, in five years, do you think that Dylan Dennis will be a, a great MMA fighter, a mediocre MMA fighter, or a former MMA fighter? Why is this fight taking place after Kyoji Horiguchi and Darian Caldwell? I don't know. It's interesting that they're opening the card with that. Maybe it's just a... Is it a championship fight? Yeah. I don't know. They These people. There's got to be a, a reason for it. I guess the main event is technically a championship fight, because the winner of this fight, whether Belter, it's Rory... Yeah. Really, right, so... We'll be the welterweight champion. Uh... Dylan Dennis, I've been, you know, provoked to say a lot of, you know, casual things about him. Um, I think he's good. I think he's good at jujitsu. I think uh, we haven't seen him do anything else in a, in a cage. So uh, let's take it from there. Let's start there and see what he can do against a much bigger opponent. Yeah, I just think, you know, it's it's he's likely to win if he can get in a position to use his jiu-jitsu, but I think he's also just as likely to lose in any other situation. So uh, it'll be interesting to, to, to watch his career. But uh, if Humphreys can win, you know, someone said it last night on the uh, number one bullshitters podcast, and it's just such a correct statement. The problem with something like this is if Max Humphreys wins, you've got a guy that's like four and two. It's not like he's going to turn into a star. Right. Um, anyway, co-med event, speaking of star, the greatest ever undefeated former 10-time world champion Chael Sonnen against uh, the karate kid himself, now the karate middle-aged man, Lyoto Machida. Um, a lot of people don't like this fight. What uh, On a scale of 1 to 10, what's your interest level? Lyoto Machida whoops your ass, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, no argument there. I'd give it a solid 7. I mean, these legitimately are two legends of the sport. And these guys were the biggest names before this this generation of names came around, right? I mean, Chael Sonnen, everybody knew who the fuck... If you watched any UFC, you knew who Chael Sonnen was. You knew who Leo Machida was. They put on good fights. They have some epic fights to their name. Uh, it's happening in Bellator about eight to ten years too late. You could argue eight to ten years. Sure. Uh, but, you know, hey, whatever. Uh, once again, why is Kyoji Horiguchi and Darian Caldwell... Opening this, uh, I think just a selling. I mean, it's just I think a selling point. I, they just wanted that to fight fun. is more important, much more important in the grand scheme of things. In a weird sort of way, the most important fight on this card is Machida and Sonnen. Just yeah, I mean for drawing people in, but I mean the, you know they're hoping to hook people with the Dantes and Archuleta and Horiguchi and Caldwell and uh, you know. Yeah, it's going to be three bangers to start off the card. I mean, I don't know. Dylan Dennis and what's his name might put on an absolute trash fest. Yeah, that's just, uh, I think they're just trying to highlight Dylan Dennis there. But it's just, you know, he's fought once in a year. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Anyway, main event uh, for the Bellator Welterweight Championship and the semifinal round of the Bellator Welterweight World Grand Prix. We have current reigning and defending champion Rory McDonald against... 
um, against Naaman Gracie. Uh, I guess everybody's made a lot of uh, Roy McDonald's headspace going into this fight. What, what do you think? Is that are people looking too much into that, or uh, is it warranted? What do you think? I'm so sorry. I'm gonna need you to ask that whole series of questions again. Okay. Uh, Naaman Gracie, Roy McDonald, headspace. Uh, yeah, it matters. Yes, that's okay. Oh, it okay. it okay. matters. <laughs> it matters uh, very much. So it's uh, it's an important fight of an important part of any athlete or really any makeup of any human being. What do you want to be doing? It doesn't sound like Roy McDonald wants to be training for four fights and fighting. And if you look at it, Roy's fought a lot since coming to Bellator. Roy didn't fight that much in the UFC. Roy fight maybe two times a year. He's been thrust in this company where he's now one of the biggest stars. So you're going to need to fight four or five times a year. And I think that might have had something to do with it. But in terms of this fight particularly... I would be unwise to pick a much less overall skilled fighter in Naaman Gracie to beat one of the best welterweights walking the planet when his head's in the game. Yeah, uh, for me, you know, this is the type of fight where for me to pick Gracie over a guy like McDonald, Gracie will have to win this fight first to prove he can even hang with a guy like McDonald. I mean, the Ed Ruth win is a quality win, but Ed Ruth is another guy who is... uh, you know, he's 28 years old. He's only had six or seven MMA fights. He's, he's mostly known for his Division One wrestling background. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a quality win, but it's not a win over an experienced MMA fighter. So uh, I agree with you. And I just, and, and until Gracie picks up a quality win, it's going to be difficult for me to pick a guy um, like him over a guy like McDonald. Uh, anyway, that's pretty much it for this card. It's going to come on in just a couple of hours, and by the time anybody listens to this, it will have already passed. So we either are going to sound like some fucking idiots, or... Uh, I love the concept. Yeah, or we'll I love sound... the concept. It's good stuff. Uh, like, uh, is, what, 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 we talking about anything else? Yeah, just a couple of things. Okay, uh, let's go. Right. I got a really emotional closer. Okay. This yeah. is my last show, just for... Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're going to go over... Spoiler alert. Um, okay, wow. Um, that's breaking news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to it later. Wow. Um, we're just going to go over... Uh, we're going to spend probably four or five minutes on UFC 238, then two or three minutes on UFC South Carolina, and then uh, a couple of minutes on some news, and then we'll let you get out of here with your with your tearful goodbye, I guess. Okay. It's tragic. Uh, UFC 238, uh, we, we've talked about it a little bit. We're just going to go over a few more points now that we've had more South time. South Carolina, what's this, Greenville? Yeah. Beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. Is that where they burn the cheeky torches? <laughs> I think it is. South Carolina? Yeah. The tiki torch dudes. Is that like at a school or something? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I think it was uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, that's, uh, what's up, yeah. Just to be clear, that's that's UFC Fight Night. We're talking about that next. Wow. What yeah. are we talking about? 238? UFC 238. Just real quick, uh, just looking at the card again, uh, has your opinion changed on who you think deserves the next crack at the Bantamweight Championship? Well, I guess the question is, who do you think after a week deserves the next shot? It's at still it? Aljo for the 135. The question is, is what does Henry do? Do they really want to be assholes 
and then give the winner of Holloway to Sehudo. What if Sehudo's at that arena, which he probably will be in all honesty, and then they bring him in after Max Holloway or Frankie Edgar's hands get raised, and they say, you're going to fight this guy next so he can try to be a champ, champ, champ. I really think if, if it's Edgar, I think Sehudo, they could potentially book it. So who do against Holloway? My thing is, I feel like you're gonna eventually get to a point where you risk a a, um, a Musasi McDonald situation, where you just have a guy who's just too big. I mean, and you would have a, I mean, know, insane. A, a size advantage is one thing, but to have a size advantage and an elite skill set like that's. That's a lot to overcome. Max plays patty cake with Henry Cejudo's face. I mean, not to... You know that thing that you used to see in, like, movies where, like, an adult would put his hand on a kid's head? Right. And the kid would, right. like, swing? I mean, there would definitely be moments Max where... Max does would, that. Yeah. And he would be able to do it to a guy that's 5'4". Oh, yeah. I mean, he could use his son as a sparring partner. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what, any interest in the Ferguson Cerrone rematch? No. Me neither. Not even really any point going on about it. Uh, I think a lot of people are right when they suggest that Tony Ferguson uh, suggesting the rematch in the Octagon post-fight was a mistake. That Dana White will probably try to, to shove that down our throats. Not that I won't love the rematch, but it's just not necessary. Uh, Donald Cerrone ever going to beat Tony Ferguson going forward in their careers? Uh, I don't think outside of a, a nice one-two head kick Anybody going to beat Tony Ferguson going forward in his career? I think the only guy at this point that I would say would, would beat him, or that, I think it's a, it's any elite fighter against Ferguson, you know, Ferguson fights dangerously, it's a toss-up. The only guy that I think I would say would beat him is Khabib. He just still, outworks, it, like, he outworks you. Yeah, and it, it's difficult. Tony Ferguson's the best 155er on the planet. Very possible. It's very, like, we, we may never see it in him and Khabib, because those are the two best. And I, I want to see it. I want to see who's the best. Yeah. Because that's the that was the fight the second time they booked it. It'll never make sense to me. You know, you have a guy like Tony Ferguson who loves to fight. He's got the support of the fans. He'll, he'll be bleeds in every fight. He'll rearrange people's faces. And the UFC just doesn't seem apt to give him... Uh, I mean, it, it's just, you know, what does he have to do? He's not getting paid millions of dollars. He's not getting a title shot. Like, what's he bleeding for? Like, <laughs> I don't know. To survive. I mean, I mean he's making enough money to where, like, he's living comfortably. And yeah, he wants but, to maintain that lifestyle. And for Tony Ferguson, the only realistic possibility for that is to keep fighting. He needs that championship money, and they just refuse to. I mean, at some point, it's just like, damn. Um, all right, that was just a little bit of UFC 238. We're going to look ahead a little bit to UFC Fight Night uh, South Carolina. That's, of course, in Greenville from the Bon Secor Wellness Arena. That's uh, UFC Fight Night 154. Um, this card is, uh, it's got some fun matchups on it. You've got uh, Andre Ewell, notable for his victory over uh, Heenan Burrell for what that's still worth. We've got Darren Wynn making his uh, UFC debut against Bruno Silva. We've got uh, Arian Lipsky and Molly McCann. Uh, Matt Weeman and Luis Pena and then Dan Ige and Kevin Aguilar uh, on the undercard. Burner of an undercard. Uh, do you have any particular interest in any those of those Those are fights? some good matchups. I, I know most of those fighters. Uh, they're up-and-coming people. 
Uh, usually those kind of fighters put on good fights on undercards that are going to be seen by a few hundred thousand people. Yeah, this is on ESPN, too. So there you go. Uh, hey, it's going to be an opportunity for all these people to make a name. You should watch that undercard because it will provide a few gems of some fights. Yeah, I think the, the fighter to watch on the undercard is Deron Wynn. He's a Daniel Cormier protege. He's a... Uh, He's fought at light heavyweight, despite the fact that I think he's five six, but he's uh, down at middleweight for this fight against Bruno Silva. So wins definitely the fighter to watch. And then as far as the fight to watch, I would say probably Arian Lipsky and Molly McCann, but also uh, Matt Wyman fighting for the first time in four years against uh, the uh, violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena. So a lot be... of AKA guys on this card. Yeah, it's uh, there is. Anyway. Uh, Main I like card. I like I like Pena. He's got skill. He's huge for Fun either or any of the divisions he could possibly fight in. Yeah. Up to one eighty five, that dude would be huge. Yeah, uh, six three. Yeah. I mean he he's an inch shorter than John Jones. Right. So, uh, and he's skilled. Yeah. Um, main card. Uh, interesting fight to open up the under. I mean the main card. We've got Ashley Yoder, uh, against. Siri Kondo. Um, Siri Kondo is a former pro wrestler, so of course I have love for. Her. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this one? It's a, it's an odd matchup. They're they're combined one and four in their last five fights. Uh, Why is this card? on the main card? I, I don't know. This should to... be main opening up. This shouldn't be on a UFC card. I mean, I, I guess the argument here is that, you know, you're probably going to get more exposure on ESPN2 than on ESPN+, so that's probably why some of these guys are there, but it is just weird seeing that we still, I think, are used to the concept of, uh, you know, the higher up the card, the more valuable you are. Right. Um, that's necessarily the case with the, the way that the TV deal is. Um, no, I don't care about this fight. Uh, on up the card, uh, Kevin Holland, a uh, Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series prospect against uh, Alessio De Chirico. Uh, this is proof that everybody from Italy is named Alessio. Um, he's won two straight in the U uh, UFC, three out of five overall. Uh, Kevin Holland had a rough debut against Tiago Santos, which is fucking ridiculous. But since then, he's picked up wins over John Phillips and Gerald Mearshart. Um what are your thoughts on this fight? He yawned. Um, give me Alessio by a million. Okay. I'll, um, I'll put I'll put two thousand on Alessio. Italians are are hot this year. Thank you. Uh, yeah, give me Alessio by a million. Uh. On the card, Andrea Lee and Montana De La Rosa, women's flyweight fight. It's going to be a fun fight to watch. Andrea Lee's a Louisiana native. Uh, her husband was just arrested for trying to kill her or something like that. So uh, shout out yeah, to the police department for getting him. And Louisiana shout out to Asia. Andrea Lee. Hopefully she can get this dub. Um, that sounds Louisiana. Mm -hmm. She's going to fight a few weeks after. Oh, yeah. This is the same guy that she was defending. Uh, just months before he beat her. He had a Nazi tattoo, and she defended it by saying that he got it in prison, but he was a changed man. Here's the thing. You can get that shit covered. If it's, you know, really something you're worried about. I don't know. Maybe they're poor. Anyway, uh, welterweight, three fights, for, or two fights from the main event. Brian Barberina versus Randy Brown. Um, Randy Brown should have considered a name change. Anyway, Brian Barberina, probably going to enter the baby shark. 
uh, probably going to be the type of fight of whichever guy can withstand the most damage. I don't know. Any thoughts about this one? You're staring at me blankly. I like Bam Bam. Bam Bam Barber, Barberina. Uh, Mir Short, right? It's who, who's Brian Barberina and Randy Brown. Randy Brown. I like Randy Brown, too. Is Randy Brown uh, the young man with the uh, Statue of Liberty on his chest? I don't know, but he did beat up Mickey Gall. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the young man with the Statue of Liberty on his chest. Uh, I like this fight. Give me Randy Brown. Um, Co-main event, John Lineker and Rob Font. Banger there. Two guys that hit hard. It's supposed to be Rob Font and Cody Stamen, but uh, Stamen pulled out due to injury. Stamen. So oh, this yeah. is a banger. Yeah, <laughs> it is. John Lineker and Rob Font. It's a good fight. Lineker's a fun fighter. And then uh, the main event. We're probably not going to go over this card too much more after this, even in next week's episodes. We'll probably find something else to do. Uh, Hinato Moikano and Chan Sun Young. This is pretty much what this card's built around. Uh, big fight for the featherweight division. Um, Chan Sun Young's a featherweight? Yeah. So is Hinato Moikano. Any thoughts about this fight? It's a good fight. Uh, the Korean Zombie is one of the most entertaining fighters on the face of the earth. Uh, last Korean Zombie fight I remember is him getting knocked out by an elbow from Yair Rodriguez that came from absolutely nowhere. So Korean Zombie isn't on the best uh, best stretch of his career right now, but hey, he's one of the be- most battle-tested guys in the UFC. He uh, always brings it to a fight, and I don't think that knockout affected his chin at all. I think it was, uh, you know, just the Korean gods being like, yo, let this Mexican man win this fight, bro. This is a tough test for Moicano. He's got wins in the UFC over some good guys, but uh, he's coming off a knockout loss to Jose Aldo. Um, It's a bigger fight for him, I think. Chan Sun Young has a fan base. He'll probably always be around, even if he never progresses any further up the way. How big is Chan Sun Young's fan base in Greenville, South Carolina? Does anybody anybody live in Greenville? There's a school there, I'm pretty sure. Like a pretty big school. I thought you mean like an elementary school. No, like a college. Mm. So I think it brings in a few dozen thousand, you know, uh students every year so it's like a college town but uh Gamecocks is it I, I, have is, I think it might be the capital of South Carolina where the Gamecocks are I, Gamecocks. I don't I don't know I don't know these things I don't know really any, know anything I hope we get some emails about you should fire me hhcole2 at gmail.com send all of your hate emails there uh, I wish I had an email other than that one um Banger of a card. Banger of a card coming from beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. Um, Before we get out of here, a couple of things. Um, First things first, uh, Henry Cejudo was talking about moving up to featherweight, you know, and uh, basically uh, Alexander Volkanovsky told him to shut the fuck up. Um thought that was kind of exciting. Really, though, the main thing that we're going to talk about uh, is uh, Scott Coker saying that he was interested in doing some cross-promotion fights with the UFC. Um, uh, We've talked about this a few times in the past, but it's relevant again. Uh, What fight from Bellator 
And uh, or what fight from a potential UFC Bellator co-promoted event would you be most interested in seeing? Doesn't have to be champions. Uh, I'm gonna stay with the answer I gave on number one bullshitters. You can hear that on Rockfin. Uh, David McGrath, Ray, Cole, myself, great stuff. Uh, and Bo Jackson. Patricio Pitbull versus Max Holloway would legitimately be a fight between two of the best guys in their division. There's a few other you know divisions where Bellator's champion could compete with UFC champions. I think Gegard Mousasi is a name I could mention. But I, I think Patricio Pitbull has a legitimate chance at any guy in the UFC's 145 division. He's elite as elite gets, and... Uh, if it's going to happen, it ha- would have to happen sooner or later because he is getting up there in age for a 145-er. For me, it's uh, Musasi and, and um, Whitaker for sure. Uh, John Jones and Chet Congo in a fight just to see who uh, commits the most fouls without getting um, a point taken. And... Um, Beyond that, I mean, there's probably lots of little matchups. Like, Dylan Dennis and Ryan Hall might be fun, but they're good way to part right now. Um, lots of fun matchups, but who knows if it'll ever come around. Anything else on that one? Why are you crying? Why is Pat crying? Because he just got dunked on. Um, um, last thing real quick. I'm just going to announce some fight announcements. Uh, wow. Okay. Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Uriah Hall for UFC Vancouver. That's kind of an interesting one. Uh, Matt Schnell and Jordan Espinosa, uh, UFC Russia. Uh, that's August 3rd. Alexander Hernandez and Francisco Trinaldo has been added to ESPN4 in uh, San Antonio. That's a good fight. I like that fight a lot. David Branch and um, Andrew Sanchez will fight in Vancouver. And then the main event... Of uh, UFC on ESPN four in San Antonio will be Rafael Dos Anjos and uh, Leon Edwards. That got added this week a few days ago. Yeah, uh, we talked about it. We, pl- I hate to speak for you here, bud, but we plan on being there. Yeah, definitely. So uh, yeah, uh, those are two, three fights that I haven't heard about being added to that card. Very excited for that. Uh, yeah, it's a good card. There's uh, some young guys. There's some old guys. It's your average. Fight night, but hey, they're putting it on ESPN, and it sounds like they're really trying to do it. At Leon Edwards and Dos Anjos will be a good fight. Yeah, I'm gonna read it off real quick. Sorry, so Alexander Hernandez and Francisco Trinaldo, Roxanne Mataferi and Liz Carmos, Gabriel Silva and Ray Borg, Mario Batista and Jin Soon Sun, uh, Dominic Pilarte and Felipe Colares, Alex Aceres and Steven Peterson, Sam Alvey and Cleeds and Abreu, Smiling Sam, uh, Raquel Pennington and Irene Aldana. Greg Hardy and Juan Adams, James Vick and Dan Hooker, Andre Orlovsky and Ben Rothwell, uh, Alexi Olianik and Walt Harris, and then Rafael Sanyos and Leon Edwards. Are you going to be excited when Big Ben knocks Andre the Pitbull out in front of you? And then points to you and be like, this dude's a bitch. Are you going to be embarrassed oh, man. when Roxanne Matafari bullies the shit out of you because you're the only person that she doesn't like on the entire planet? If Andre Orlovsky hears that, and then, like, you know, I'm pretty famous, you know, mm-hmm. you go to my Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, and see what I look like, and he saw me in the crowd, and he started, even after a three-round probable beatdown. Oh, for sure. He's uh, got to beat the shit out of me. He'll still beat the shit out of me. 
uh, for what it's worth, I like Ben Rothwell too. Orlovsky's just one of those dudes. I was a fan of him when I was a like. He's uh, he's awesome. Yeah. His, his nobody was like Andre Orlovsky at his prime. Just nuts that he's still around. Anyway, uh, I, that's it for me. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at the Scope MMA. Uh, you can. Find me in other places, The Scrap, MMA Torch. I'm going to have a new podcast on The Torch soon where I talk about European MMA. It's going to be fantastic. Um, Patrick, I believe that you uh, had something you wanted to say. Okay, baby. You can find me at PTD Shaheen. That's P-T-D-S-H-A-H-E-E-N, baby. This has been PTD Radio. I would like to thank my honored guest, Cole Henry, baby. See, I dropped a nugget that I was quitting the MMA scope, so pretty much I'm offering Cole and I, good Lord, an ultimatum. Mm. It's either change the name of the podcast or find yourself another co-host, and I'm putting you on the spot right now, baby. So you want to change it to PTD Radio? Yes. Or you want me to fire you from the show? Yes. So can I have two seconds to decide? Sure. I've decided. You're fired. Okay, baby. Well, it's been an honor to share the podcast with you. I will be launching my own podcast. And uh, I'm sure that all our listeners will flock to me. And we'll get that thing rolling, baby. So, PTD Radio coming at you live. That's the end of this show. That's how we're going to end the MMA scope. No way that podcast will be allowed in school. That is how we're going to end this MMA scope. That's the end of it. PTD Radio coming at you live.